This podcast is sponsored by PCRT Live, April 28th through May 5th. Listen for more at the conclusion of today's program. This is Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth. Even though we can't comprehend it entirely, we need to apprehend that doctrine of the Trinity because it does make the, yes, I would say, the whole world of difference for how we enjoy communion and fellowship with God. Hello and welcome to Theology on the Go. My name is Jonathan Master. I am joined as always, albeit remotely, by my friend and co-host, James Dalzell. James, how are you? I'm doing well, Jonathan. It's good to be here. Now, I mentioned that we were doing this remotely and our, our listeners will be familiar with the fact that m- many aspects of our lives have have become more remote. And, and one of the changes that we've seen this year that I think the Lord is really working through nonetheless is, um, is to, to the way that conferences are, um, are handled. There, uh, the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals has a long history of hosting the Philadelphia Conference on Reformed Theology, and there's a, there's a Philadelphia meeting of that and a Grand Rapids meeting of that. They're both called PCRT. Um, but one of them this year is was live, and one of them is being live streamed. And so, one of the speakers for PCRT this year is Jonathan Cruz. Uh, Jonathan is the pastor of Community Presbyterian Church in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and he's a, an author of a number of articles. He's written for the Alliance. He's written for our friends at Modern Reformation and Table Talk, and he is he's also written uh, several very helpful books on on the subject of worship and. His topic for PCRT is on praying to the triune God. The topic of the overall conference is delighting in our triune God, but his is particularly on prayer. So with that long introduction, Jonathan, thanks for joining us today to talk a little more about this. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, James. Thanks so much for having me on. It's a real privilege. Well, we're, we're glad you could take some time to do it. And I wanted to uh, begin by talking about the, the, the topic that you have addressed and then that will be broadcast in Philadelphia um, at the end of April, which has to do with prayer. But specifically, it's described as um, praying to the triune God. And, and some people might hear that and say, well, well of course, um, if we're praying to the God of the Bible, we're praying to the God who is triune. But I, I'm imagining that you're saying more than just praying to the God who's mentioned in Scripture. You have specific aspects of, his, of, of the fact that God is Trinity in, in mind. Right, yeah. Um, the, the, the approach I took with the, the topic that was assigned to me was, was not so much a, a practical how to um, pray to a three-person God, although there certainly were aspects of that that we touched upon. Uh, but what I, what I sought to do is actually take a step back and, and see how is prayer made possible, and specifically, how is it made possible through the work of a triune God? Uh, so in prayer, uh, we commune with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, but that's only possible because of the work of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so what I sought to do in the address that I gave in Grand Rapids, and so nice I can speak at Philly, not have to drive there, and I'll just, <laughs> I'll just replay it. Uh, what I, what I sought to do there was show how each member of the Trinity works in beautiful concert with each other to bring us as believers into the very fellowship that they have. And that's what we experience when we pray. 
So maybe Jonathan, you could speak to some of that in particular. Um, how how are we helped in understanding prayer when we think about uh, the particular persons, as opposed to just simply saying something like "God helps us pray"? I don't know how you want to carve it up. Maybe take it one at a time. How is it um, that the Father, Son, and Spirit, in their personal distinctions, um, each uniquely contribute to um, our praying? I think. Uh, a really helpful text uh, to answer that question is Ephesians 2, and in particular, verse 18, uh, where it's one of those, those lovely kind of lodestar um, passages where we find all three members of the Trinity mentioned in, in succession. Um, you know, we all, we all say that, you know, you're never going to find the term Trinity um, showing up in, in the Bible, but this is about as close as you get. So Ephesians 2.18 tells us that uh, for through him, that is Jesus, we both have, both being Jews and Gentiles, we all have access in one spirit to the Father. So it's kind of all there. And as you, you unpack that, you, you see these, um, the distinctions that are given to, to each of the persons, um, that um, our access to, to God is primarily an access to the Father. Uh, we have that access. It's a spiritual access. It's made possible by the Holy Spirit uniting us to the work of Jesus Christ, the son who came and who opened for us, as Hebrews puts it, that new and living way. And so that's, that's the work of redemption. Um, sent by the father, the son comes in the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish the work of redemption that's then applied to us. And we experience that through prayer. So I love, I love that word in Ephesians 2.18, access, access. That is, that's a word Christians ought to cherish, uh, uh, more, more than we do, because I think speaking personally, and I think for many, for many Christians, our prayer life isn't what it should be. It's because we don't recognize that access that we have, but it's an access that was won by the son applied to the spirit and access to the father. I think we're familiar somewhat as Christians with speaking about the Trinity with respect to the accomplishment and application of our salvation. But this is a kind of specific application of that salvific work. Um, with regard to our prayer and our communion and our fellowship. And I wonder if you might comment on just what is the necessity that the Christian bear this in mind or in his heart when he comes to pray? Um, is this just a kind of boutique theological observation that theologians make, or is this something that the average Christian needs to be um, really meditating on and contemplating when he or she comes to pray? That's a great question. Um, I, I don't think this is, is just a theological quibble um, to kind of keep those, that economic tr trinity in mind or those prepositions in mind. It's we come to the Father through the Son by the Spirit. I don't think that's a theological quibble. I think that's it's rather it's to revel and to enjoy um, the shape of God's own fellowship. That's how, that's how the trinity works, um, and, and we should want that. Uh, we, we need that. Thomas Goodwin has a quote, um, Church and Thomas Goodwin, about how we, we shouldn't be satisfied until all three persons of the Trinity lie level in us, that they, they all have taken their abode in us. And so um, if we kind of think that, that the Trinity is just a theological abstract concept and not actually the foundation of, of all doctrine, of all discipleship, of all doxology, not the, the, the fount from which all practicality flows, we'll have a lifeless Christianity. So we need to, we, we need to um, apprehend, 
even though we can't comprehend it entirely, we need to apprehend that doctrine of the Trinity because it does make the, yes, I would say the whole world of difference for how we enjoy communion and fellowship with God, which is something we need, by the way, uh, you know, that, that now is a big emphasis in my talk. It's prayer is, is this gift where we come into the presence of God, where we commune with God, which is something we forfeited in the fall. I mean, that is the great tragedy of sin that God sent the man and the woman out from the garden, out of his presence. And prayer is where that's reversed, <laughs> where we right now can experience what we will know face to face in heaven, in the new heavens, in the new earth. But right now we can kind of breathe the redeemed cosmos, the air of the redeemed cosmos through prayer. Um, communion with God is what we need, and, it, and it's what we get when we pray. Jonathan, this is maybe more of a pastoral question or perhaps a personal one. As you considered that and considered even the way in which Goodwin framed it, and you looked out at your own pastoral experience or your own personal experience with prayer, where are people going wrong the most in terms of their apprehension? In other words, what Trinitarian aspect of prayer is is most underappreciated or, or misunderstood or where, in your experience, are we, are we getting it wrong the, the most um, in, in this teaching? That's a hard question for me to answer in, in a sad way because so many things came to mind. <laughs> I, I hate to say this. Like, well, there's so many things we're getting wrong, at least for me, as you mentioned, personally, or at least pastorally. But I'll, I'll start with one and we can follow up. But I think the role of the Holy Spirit in that the, the Spirit's role is to bring us into communion with the Father through the Son. Um, and so we are best adoring the spirit and communing with the spirit when we enjoy, or we, we take up the invitation that he offers us into fellowship with, with the Trinity. And when we're not praying period, which is, which is pastorally, I think is the problem, you know, going on visits as how's your, how's your prayer life? How's your devotional life? And, and for many people, it's weak for many people, it's non-existent when we're just not praying period. That means we're, we're, we're neglecting the work of the Holy spirit, <laughs> The Holy Spirit, who's the one who actually draws us to God in the first place, to, to, to Father, Son. Um, when, so when we're not praying at all, which I think is a great problem for many Christians, then, then we're neglecting um, the, the gift that the Spirit is offering us. So that's the first one that came to your mind. But I am curious by, by your initial response, are there, are there other uh, particular things that, that near the top of that list? I think another one is... People misunderstanding how uh, addressing God in prayer works. Um, a lot of times people will pray, dear Jesus. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I got to say that up front. Jesus is a person. We can pray to him. Same goes for the Holy Spirit. But I think that the proper formula is that we're praying to the Father. Jesus himself taught us to pray to our Father who art in heaven. So, so prayer should be to the Father. And then it's in the name of the Son. And a lot of times we pray in your name. Amen. Well, whose name? It's Jesus's name. And that's, again, it's not a theological quibble, but I think it's um, practically profound that when I come to God, it's, it's not um, because I deserve it. It's not because I can attain to his presence. It's not because I have a status before him, but it's through the name that is the merits, the standing, the status of Jesus Christ, the son, that I can confidently hand over all of my requests, my petitions, and know that they're heard in heaven. Um, and that's the thing that for a lot of people, it's just, it's just kind of a sign off in your name. Amen. Even if they say in Jesus name, it's, it's not the, the kind of profundity maybe isn't captured there. Um, but if it's not for his name, that is above every name, our name, which is frail and false, <laughs> that's not going to 
to uh, get the ear of the king. So when we pray in Jesus' name, we are laying claim to his merits on our behalf, his intercession, all the work by which he opened up the doors of life and access to the Father. Mm -hmm. Um, You're plucking on a cord there of of interest with me, as I often hear the prayer, in your name. Uh, But when Christ says, if you ask these in my name, and again, I I think it's with regard to that work that he peculiarly undertook um, in his obedience, death, and resurrection, something that isn't properly attributed to the Father or to the Spirit, right. but uniquely to the Son, and it's that work that, that's giving us the access so that we really should be saying, in Jesus' name. That, that's absolutely right. You put it beautifully. Um, and to say that is a wonderful reminder to, to the praying Christian of what union with Christ is all about. Um, it's not just that, that we're kind of tucking our requests into the name of Jesus. We ourselves are in that name. That when God looks upon us, he sees his son. Um, And and without that union with Christ, you know, all things are vain. (laughs) Without the gospel, all things are vain, Calvin says. Um, And the gospel is about Christ uniting us to himself and his work of redemption, which gives us access to the Father. So every time we pray that, it's, I think it's a wonderful um, kind of course correction that we need in reminding us where our identity lies. Um, so the more we pray, the more we'll remember who we really are in God's eyes. We're nearly out of time, but I did have one last question. Again, it's perhaps along the lines of your pastoral ministry. And, and that's this, if someone were to hear this and be intrigued by it, maybe they've never even thought in, in, in these terms with respect to their life of prayer, where would you point them? I mean, you've mentioned, you've mentioned Goodwin, uh, obviously there are certain critical biblical texts that that we need to look at more closely, but are there other works that you would point someone to if they really want to reflect on this more deeply? Yeah. Um, well, let me just add two more biblical texts because I didn't mention them. I said Ephesians 2.18, but two other ones I'd point people to is Galatians 4, 4 through 6, and then um, it's kind of a sibling passage. I'll just say all of Romans 8, just read Romans 8. But there's many <laughs> verses in there which will speak to the Trinitarian aspects of prayer. Um, but then as far as outside works of, from Scripture, this might be, you know, starting a little deep, but Owen's communion with God, uh, obviously, um, you know, I was, I was hoping to channel a lot of that in, in the talk that I gave at PCRT. Um, so people who are familiar, familiar with Owen will hear a lot of, of what it means to commune with the Father as the, the God of love, the Son is the God of grace, the, the Spirit is the God of consolation. They'll hear some of that in the talk. Um, and, and, you know, Banner has a good condensed version, the Puritan paperback. And then um, the, other, the other place I would turn to is uh, Carl Truman has a good article or chapter in his and Brandon Crow's um, book, The Essential Trinity. He has a book on the, the, the Trinity in prayer or something titled like that. That's that's, you know, 20 pages or something, but it's, it's got really good, um, good, good footnotes too. People can find other things, but just, it gives a wonderful biblical theology of, of what we've been talking about today. Well, thanks for your work on this address. Uh, Again, if, if, if anyone is interested in, in tuning in, uh, delighting in our triune God is live streaming on Facebook and YouTube 
uh, April 28th to May 5th. And you can find the schedule on alliancenet.org and click on the banner on the homepage to find the schedule and the links, including the one for Jonathan Cruz's address on the Trinity and prayer. So Pastor Cruz, thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Theology on the Go. If you know someone else who might benefit from this podcast, please pass it along to them. We also love hearing from you if you have questions or suggestions, topics you'd like us to cover, books you'd like us to look over. We'd be we'd be glad to do that. We love hearing from you. Also, if you're able to donate, uh, we rely on gifts from listeners like you. And so if you could go to alliancenet.org, click on the donate button there or placefortruth.org. There's also a donate button there and any donation of any amount is really appreciated uh, by us. Also, uh, if you are are downloading this from an uh, some kind of provider, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, if you go in and could rate and review the show, that would really help us get the word out. So as always, thank you for listening to Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth. This podcast is sponsored by the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals, presenting Delighting in Our Triune God, the 2021 Philadelphia Conference on Reformed Theology, live streaming on Facebook and YouTube April 28th through May 5th. It's PCRT Live, featuring Michael Barrett, Jonathan Landry Cruz, David Garner, Richard Phillips, Jeffrey Stuyvesant, and Todd Rester. The Trinity is quintessential Christian doctrine, yet we live in a time when increasingly few believers are well-informed about it. The Reformed faith has placed the Trinity at the very center, so don't miss this timely and important event. Delighting in our triune God, live streaming on Facebook and YouTube, April 28th through May 5th. No registration is necessary, but for the conference schedule and links to join in, log on reformedevents.org. That's reformedevents.org.